And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. I'm your host, Wes Tankersley. Today, we have a great guest with us. He goes by your your favorite Indian, Dougie Hall, which is kind of that pop that you have at the beginning of every episode. I found you on TikTok, on, on every TikTok you post, and I know you do it on Instagram as well. Um, you're a rancher, bronc rider, and kind of a motivational guy, right? You're, you're helping other people kind of reach out for their dreams and do things that make them feel better and happy. Yeah, yeah I figured, uh, I don't know, I feel like God put us here, I mean, not only to chase our own dreams, but to help each other, you know what I mean? And I think that when you uh when you help other people and you um you give away what you know right here and right here in your heart then uh that's the only way you keep it is by giving it away so that's what I try to do and you've been through a lot can you tell us a little bit you know give us kind of like a brief synopsis of what's gone on in the beginning of your life to where you are now yeah well, um, I grew up here on the Blackfeet Reservation in Browning, Montana, and I think it's, uh, well, it's kind of cool, you know, you grow up uh, on a reservation, and you're, you're blessed in a way because you either grow up uh, horseback or you grow up with a basketball in your hands, and I grew up horseback, me, I was always, I wasn't very athletic or anything, but I always found my, uh, um, my, my good spot, my safe spot was horses. And, um, so that's where I always turned to was the horses for like, uh, I guess they were my happy place. They were my good place. And, um, I grew up, my dad and uncle had an Indian relay team. I don't know if you've ever seen Indian, you know, what Indian relay is, um, kind of, you know, I've seen, I know that they have, so I'm, I'm in Boise, Idaho. I grew up in Ontario, Oregon. Now it's, I oh. think it's probably a little different, but they had the suicide race, which is a little different. Then, uh, no, I haven't. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about the Indian relay race. Oh, okay. Well, my dad and uncle, they had an Indian relay team and they, um, what it is, it's, a it's a race of, um, there's several teams out on the track and what they do is, uh, it's, a shoot, how many is it? It's a four man team and it's, a they got three horses per team and you got a rider, a mugger and two holders so what you do is um the rider he runs around the track as fast as he can go and when he gets back to where they started he jumps off of that horse bareback and he jumps onto the next one and all the way until you're done whoever whatever team's done first is the team that wins okay and uh, my dad and uncle had a team and that's what they did while i was growing up and so every weekend when i was a little kid was a shoot it was a we went to all the fairs in montana and northern wyoming and idaho and stuff like that just uh i was a i, I was indian relay brat i guess you could call <laughs> me so every weekend was sugar and fast horses and then as i got older um my uncle he was a really great bucking horse rider and uh a saddle bronc rider and i got to fall in love with that and after I um, got introduced to that, see, we didn't have cows or anything when I was growing up, so I didn't really know how to be like a, like a cowboy per se. I knew how to get on a horse and stay on it, but I didn't know how to 
do anything else really. And as I got older, um, I met some friends that had ranches and they kind of taught me some things about how to be a cowboy. And then, um, after I got a little bit older, I got introduced to my uncle mouse and my uncle mouse, he was partnered with flying five and big Ben for a really long time. And he's raised a lot of horses that went to the national finals and uh, horses at the national finals whose bloodline can be traced back to my uncle's herd. So I fell in love with um, the raising the bucking horses side of things too. And, you know, growing up, uh, um, in my family, there's a lot of, uh, there's no other way to say it. So I'll just tell you the truth and I'll tell it fast. There's a lot of alcoholism and, um, you know, when you're a kid and you're growing up and around alcoholism, you see and hear a lot of things that you shouldn't. Right. And, um, I experienced that and, the way I took it was, um, like, it looked fun. Don't get me wrong. You know, it looked fun. It was like, uh, how can you say it? Um, it was almost like a play. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. the people that would be, um, and I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash anybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell the truth. Cause I figure right. that's the way, you know, the only way it's going to help somebody well it is a big problem on reservations right alcoholism is kind of a i mean it's a big problem worldwide but it seems to be like that's one of the things that is pretty prevalent in in reservations is it not yeah i i don't um i'm not an expert on it i you know i guess the best way to say is i'm not an expert i'm just a survivor right and um in my opinion now this is just my opinion it's it's not a fact or anything like that it's just my opinion is that uh natives we've only been at least my tribe the blackfoot we've only been in um how would you say it uh this western society western way of thinking we didn't we didn't get introduced to europeans until like the 1700s i think Uh i mean at least america like americans and stuff in um 1700s what is that like about 300 years ago not too long so yeah that's only like uh what is that like three grandpas (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) that's a good way to look at it i never thought of it that way (laughs) yeah it's only three grandpas a ghost and uh you know being being introduced that's when we got introduced to alcohol and um so our bodies like you look at it, our bodies can't digest it, I guess. It can't, we're not used to it. Right. We don't, we don't know, our bodies can't handle it. Um, I guess for lack of a better term, they're, they're allergic to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cause, and, uh, it's just, it's no different than, um, say like things like, um, sugar in, uh, starches and um things like white bread you know like uh, that's why natives um we can't digest things like that because we're used to a starvation diet right you know we ate berries and lean meat from buffalo and elk and moose and we ate uh roots you know that was our diet 
that was our diet for thousands of years. So that's what our body adapted to was that starvation diet. Pretty soon Europeans come and introduce these foods with heavy starches and sugars. That's why we, uh, diabetes is a epidemic on reservations, you know, uh, obesity and things like that, because, um, our bodies aren't used to it. It's amazing because I never really thought about it that way. I never really, I'm glad that you bring that up because I don't, you don't think that way, right? Like with, with European people, it's kind of the same thing, right? They, they've just been introduced to it forever, but you've been introduced to it for less time. Your bodies have never really adapted to the fact that this is the way that our dieting was. And you just see it's, it's very prevalent. They just dump all this stuff everywhere and it's just trash. It's not, it's not the things from the land that you need that everyone, you know, like back in the day, that's where you ate. And now we just have all this processed garbage. It's crazy. Yeah. Shooting. Um, and yeah, it's crazy. Like, um, I look at it like my uncle mouse always told me people are no different than bucking horses. We're no different than horses in general. Like, uh, Horses, a horse is a horse and a human being is a human being, but there are different breeds of horses and di- different breeds of horses are, uh, well, they're different. They're susceptible to different things and they adapt to their environment. <laughs> right. Um, that I, that's the way I look at it. And so like when I grew up, um, I, uh, that's. You know, like I said, I got to see um, a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have seen. And, you know, with, uh, you know, people in my family being allergic to alcohol, you know, mm-hmm. it, uh, what do they say? It takes away your inhibitions. That's why they call it spirits. You know, it's like something's possessing you. Right. And um, it's like, a, to me, it reminded me of like a play. Like everybody... Uh, what, what everybody saw in the public eye was somebody that was having fun, you know, right. laughing and doing crazy things and making people laugh and, uh, dancing, having a ball. And, uh, but you don't see what's behind the curtain. You don't see what's putting that play on behind the curtain. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of really sad stuff there's little kids crying a lot of destruction a lot of broken homes and um nobody wants to talk about that right and um so anyway and not just me but there's a lot of kids that are you know just like me that experience that same kind of a thing and i figure now that i'm older i'm trying to be that person that I needed when I grew up, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, um, the way I see it is, uh, you know, you can't do anything about the past. All you can do is, um, you're, you're not, you're not responsible for what happened back there, you know, before your time, but you're responsible for what's going on right now. Yeah. And so what I see is um like all that stuff that like my ancestors got put through. And 
Um, like they went through some pretty traumatic stuff, you know, being taken from their homes, you know, a lot of stuff, you know, when they were, I guess, uh, I, when they were trying to civilize natives, right. You know, a lot of, a lot of really bad things happened. And, um, those kids that those, those people that were kids at that time, they didn't know how to deal with it. They didn't know how to cope with it there. You know, there was no therapists. They just had a really, a lot of really bad things happen to them. Then they got older. Well, how did they cope with it? You know, they, um, they didn't know how. And some of them, you know, coped with it with alcohol. Yeah. Medicated themselves then, to kind of forget the past and, and have a way to deal with it. Yeah. And then they had kids and then they had kids. And now you got me. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> three grandpas and, uh, later. <laughs> yeah. Three grandpas later. And then now you got me. And um, so I'm, what I'm trying to do is just to understand that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. uh, as a society, we're like a, we're like a child. You know, a human being is just the, is a human being. And, in our society, it's like a child, you know, it's, it stumbled a lot in the past, you know, it made right. a lot of mistakes, but now we're growing up and we're, you know, society's a little more grown up now and we're trying to, um, we know better. Now we got to do better. You know, we, you know, mistakes are made in the past. Now let's try to learn from them and we'll try to, try to heal. Try not to repeat them. Yeah, and we we know what happened back there. Let's try to heal. Let's all get along and you know yeah. do better today. And um, anyway, oh sorry, I feel like I think I interrupted you. No, you're good. Um, I was just gonna say you did so, and alcohol has kind of played a tough part of your life as well. You lost your mother to a to a drunk driver, correct? Yeah, when I was fourteen, um. We were having dinner at a restaurant called Serrano's. It's a really good restaurant here in East Glacier Park. And, um, I mean, it was a perfect evening. You know, I was, I was 14 and I had a couple of cousins there with me. And, um, it was just a really, really a good evening. Had a good dinner. We were on, we were getting in the truck going to head home. And we only live like 14 miles from East Glacier. And, um, I, uh, I got in the truck and I didn't put my seatbelt on. And my mom, she she didn't drink or nothing. You know, you couldn't ask for a kinder human being than my mom. I mean, she was a registered nurse at the community hospital here in Browning. And uh, like whenever they brought, whenever somebody brought their kid in to get shots, they always asked for my mom. You know, her name was Susan. They'd say, "Where's Susie? We want Susie because she she was so gentle." Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, we get in the truck and I didn't, like I said, I didn't put my seatbelt on and my mom looked in the back and um, she said, are you going to put your seatbelt on? And she gave me that mom look, you know what I mean? Like you feel like you got snapped by a bullwhip right between your eyes. Right. <laughs> and she was, she wasn't asking, she was telling me, put your damn seatbelt on. So I right. did. And that saved my life right there. You know, we got in the truck and we started down the road and, like we're driving and it was between nine twenty and nine thirty, I remember in the evening. And um I was sitting behind my dad and 
I, uh, I remember my mom was singing a song by Martina McBride when God fearing women get the blues. <laughs> and she was, uh, cause in that, in a part of that song is that it says, I got a Mustang. It'll do 80. Cause uh-huh. my mom had a Mustang and she just loved the heck out of that car. And, um, uh, so she was singing and laughing and all of a sudden I feel our trucks were and uh, my older sister was up in the front between my parents and I heard her yell no and I peeked around the front seat and I looked and there's a pair of headlights coming right at us. And I've never felt so helpless in my life. And uh, yeah, No control over anything at that point. Yeah, there was nothing I could do so I just sat back and we hit. The only, the only person that got killed in that wreck was my mother. And, um, and before that, like when I was a kid, like I told you about seeing the things and hearing the things that I did, my mom, uh, she, uh, I remember one time she made me promise her that I would never touch a drop of alcohol in my life. And I told her, I promise you that, but, and in reality, like I didn't, I didn't make her that promise for her. You know, I, it was a conscious decision on my part that I made for myself just because I didn't want to, you know, like, like I was saying, people are just like horses, you know, you, you pass on traits, you know what I mean? Like, like me, like I raised bucking horses and I can tell you that, you know, these, the colt, usually acts you know 90 percent of the time they act like the mayor they act like their mom or they and then or they act and they uh and when they buck they buck like they're a lot of them buck like their dad you know they um you know traits get passed on yeah and so when i was a little kid and i made her that promise i pretty much just made that promise to myself because I didn't want to carry that on and because I didn't want, um, you know, uh, I didn't want um, my kids to have to see or hear those kinds of things. Yeah, you're stopping the pattern. You're breaking the chain and allowing it to go away, hopefully. Yeah. And so after that wreck, I... uh, it kind of just um, reinforced. It, it was almost like a, like it reinforced my hatred for alcohol. Like I just pure hated it yeah. because I never saw anything good come from it. All it's ever done was take from me, and I, you know, I never even touched the stuff. Right. Uh, but you know that old saying about hate it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die you know just just hating it was it was killing me just you know what i mean just hating it because uh i was kind of a bitter human being for a while with good reason i mean it took your it took your mother away probably one of the you know your mother and your father are like two of the biggest influences in your life and if you're lucky enough to have both of them you know, I mean, I think people take that for granted all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, um, but I don't, now that I'm older, I've come to realize that I, 
I have no control over people, places, or things. You know, I mean, the only thing I can control in this world is me. Right. And um, I can control my attitude and I can control my effort. And, you know, all I can do is all I can do. <laughs> yeah. And how, how long, because I'm, I'm assuming that after your mom passed away, you were probably pretty angry for a while. How long did it take you to kind of get out of that funk and realize that this was the way that it was? Like you could only control yourself and, and make things better for yourself based on what you do. Shoot, I'm still learning that every morning. <laughs> still, still tough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a learning process. I mean, I I spent my whole you know, <laughs> I'm 41, and I think I spent probably the last three years. It's been different for me. The thought process has been different. You know, you you read books, you start to like kind of get uh, motivated by people, and that's what I that's what I liked about somehow, some way, TikTok knows this way to stick you with people who think the same way you do. And, and the, the little affirmations that you do, the videos that you do on a daily basis have just kind of helped me. And I hope that, and I know that they're helping other people because I look at how many people are viewing what you're saying, but it's, it's one of those things where you surround yourself with people who think the same way and you end up kind of in that same group. Right. And that's what I really like about TikTok is the fact that I'm able to see people like you and there's a handful of other people. And and when I saw you on there, I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. And I thought a couple of times I, I messaged you a couple of times, but I know that like the way that Instagram works and it won't let you DM TikTok won't let you DM anyone that you're not, that doesn't follow you back And Instagram will, but you don't see it unless you kind of message them in the, in the videos that they post. And that's how I got your attention. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. I'm glad you did. Yeah. But so now, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're a bronc rider and you're raising bucking horses. How is the rodeo scene going for you? And, and what are, what are you currently working on? I mean, I know that COVID probably took a little bit away from that, but are things back on track with the rodeo and and your horse business? Yeah. Yeah. They're back on track. I, um, shoot this last year, uh, was probably, some of the most success I've had in my bronc riding career, you know, my, my riding really improved. And, um, what I noticed is that, uh, things will happen in your life and you feel like your world's falling apart sometimes. Um, but what I noticed to me, and this is going to sound corny to some people, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's the way I feel. Right. Um, creator or God, uh, whatever you want to call him. I feel like he takes people out of your life and sometimes he'll do something to take them out of your life because he, he heard conversation. I, I listened to Steve Harvey a lot and uh, this is, that's who I got it from is he heard conversations you couldn't hear and he saw things that you couldn't see. So he did what you wouldn't do. And, um, right. I feel like that happened to me and when he takes those people and situations out of your life, um, he puts the right people and the right situations back into your life, but you got to have some skin in the game. I mean, you got to meet him halfway. Like you gotta, you gotta hold up your end of the deal. I mean, it's okay to my bronc riding coach, Jake Kayworth. He told me, you know, 
sometimes if you're in a hole and you got to lay down and cry for a little bit, that's okay. Lay down and cry for a little bit, but right. you better be thinking about getting back up, you know, because if God woke you up this morning and he's not done with you yet. And uh, yep. that's one thing Steve Harvey said that really stuck with me. And uh, because, you know, there's a few times that my life could have been taken, but for some reason I'm still here, you know, and, um, I, uh, I don't know what his plan is, but it's like, um, like this last year I was going through a hard time and, um, I, uh, I didn't know what to do or where to go. And my dad, he always said, you got to get back to the basics. Well, what's the basics for everybody, you know, shelter, food, and water. I was like, all right. I got shelter, I got food, I got water, but what's the basics that makes Dougie Dougie? What makes me me? Well, it's always been bucking horses. And so I thought, okay, I got to get back to the horses. And I, um, what I did was I just started getting back in shape. I started working out. And, um, you know, because there was a point when I didn't even recognize myself when I looked in the mirror. You know, I just looked sick. I, I was so stressed that like I was covered in acne. I just looked really unhealthy. I was overweight. Uh, so I started taking care of myself again. And um, then I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw uh, videos um, of a ranch called Veter Ranch. And so I looked it up and there was this guy in um, California named George Veter. And I looked him up and I, re I saw that he was uh, 58 years old. And he didn't look 58. This guy looked like he was in his 30s. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, very fit, you know, looked like a bodybuilder. And uh, he um, rode bucking horses and he rode them really good. And he's 58 years old. And I see <laughs> that there's all kinds of guys that are going to his ranch to get, you know, um, to get practice, you know, there's everybody from NFR caliber guys to high school kids. And in the videos, everybody's laughing and smiling and encouraging each other. And I thought, I need some of that. So I messaged George and George was kind enough. He said, you know, call me after the holidays. So I called him after the holidays and he's, um, he did some research on me and he said, come down. So I did. I went down there and I, I went down there twice actually to go and ride and hang out with those guys. And, uh, there's a guy by the name of Ming Lee. He's George's media guy in Ming. Um, he's got a production company called make line productions. And, uh, Ming told me, he said, he said, Doug, I was visiting with, um, Lorio Harbor from Bronc riding nation. And your your boy Chase Brooks and um, Chase has been to the NFR about four times, I think, in the Bronc ride. And he said, and, uh, "We all agree that you got a gift and you don't use it." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, when you talk, people listen, and you got a story to tell, and you don't use it." And I said, "Well, how do I use it?" And he said, "Just start recording yourself and put it on social media." And uh, I asked him, well, what do I say? He said, just talk from your mind and your heart. And I said, but man, sometimes my mind and my heart cuss. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he said, say it anyway, who cares? So right. that's what I started doing. And, you know, it's like, uh, what, what do people call that divine design? Yeah. You know what I mean? If I wouldn't have went through that hard time, it wouldn't have pushed me to desperation to find uh, George Veter on Facebook. It wouldn't have drove me to California to, you know, have, you know, to make meet people that became my family. Yeah. And uh, for Meng to tell me that. It's interesting because people, like you talked about, you know, creator, God, whatever you want to call it, there is something there. There is something there pushing you in the right direction. And you have this path and you have those bumps that bump you off your path, right? And I always take them as, okay, I've got a lot going on and why is this bumping me off my path? What am I doing? What am I doing that, you know, is it time to take a little bit of break? Is it time to shift gears? Is it time to get back to the basics, like you said? And and I just think that, as you get older, you start to recognize that a little bit better and you start to realize that those are, those are signs that you need to make a little bit of a change. So I'm glad that you did find that. That's, that's what most people don't realize is that you have a goal that you want to set and sometimes your goal doesn't line up with what it's supposed to be. And those are what, that's what those bumps are. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I know it sounds corny, but when they say that everything that happens was meant to happen, but yeah. shoot, I mean, every time uh, something, every time something that seemingly negative has happened to me, it's always led to something good. You just got to find a way to flip it, you know, uh, yeah. like, um, what the heck is that saying? I can't remember if this is in the Bible or if I just heard somebody say it, but uh, uh, man's, how is it? Man's, something about like man's desperation is like God's opportunity or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like um, you, you need to be able to have all the disadvantages required for success. <laughs> right you know things things will happen in your life but like like how you're talking about people are just like horses you know um in any kind of horse discipline i don't care what it is whether you're roping uh riding a bucking horse or uh racing on the track or playing polo whatever you're doing you know um the number one goal that you want when you're uh in some some horse event or is forward motion you want that horse going forward right you know i don't care if he's bucking out of his rear end as long as he's going forward you know things are okay and um that's what my dad always told me ever since i was a little kid and something i learned from my mother is just keep moving forward you know sometimes you're going really slow sometimes you're crawling but as long as you're going forward everything's gonna everything's going to be all right, you know? Yeah. And that's, 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 I think the big thing, I think a lot of people, you can either, you have two choices, right? Quit or keep going, whether it's hard or not, you keep going because I, I look at like mistakes, like just a, a failure to complete the task the proper way. And then you take that mistake and you revamp it and you fix what you did before. And then you're going to be successful at some point. It's just, it may take more than one or two times to be successful. 
if you have a goal, you need to just keep continuing to push forward towards that goal, no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's life's, uh, life's, life's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, shoot. I mean, uh, you just got to let things roll off your back. And if you screw up, you know, realize what you did and, um, do better. Call you that audible I mean? and, and, and shift your thinking. Yeah. So what do you have going on? I mean, I, I, I love the, the funny thing that I always, it, that I always, I chuckle about in the beginning is when you t- start your videos, you talk about like, if you, if you like it, use it. And if you don't, don't worry about it. I see you have one of your yeah. hats on right now that say, don't worry about it on it. What are you doing? You're, yeah. you're, you're riding horses right now. You're selling Bronx and then you started kind of like a, a merch line, right? Yeah, I um, I started doing some speaking events. I had a few I've done already, and I got some that are coming up. And um, other than that, you know, I'm raising bucking horses, and um, I got that going on. And I um, I just started selling merchandise and stuff, and I've literally just become. Uh, I didn't even realize I didn't even realize that I did, but I became an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I think you always have been. I think you just didn't realize what an entrepreneur was. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there right. There's a word for it. Yeah, and uh, I kind of just took like what my uncle Mouse. Um, I talk about him a lot in my videos because uh-huh. he's. I didn't meet him until I got a little bit older, but um, he. Actually, I met him when I was a little kid, I should say, but I didn't get close to him until I got older, uh-huh. after my mom died. And um, one thing he taught me was that it's not selfish to be selfish. He taught me how to be my own man and right. to build something for myself, you know, because, um, shoot, like, we only got one life and uh, if you're if you're not doing something that you love you know you better figure it out pretty quick because if not you're going to be somebody else's saddle horse yep. <laughs> and you know he he taught me how to um you know he taught me how to work hard and he taught me how to um you know work hard and eventually become your own saddle horse is what he, what he taught me to be your own man. And I really appreciate him for that. And well, I think you can see it's pretty evident. Like I was, I was, you know, I, I, I know you from TikTok. I know you from Instagram. I started looking, watching a couple of YouTube videos and watching a little bit of your writing. And I think that, I think that when you get off that horse, you can totally tell that you are in the moment and you love what you're doing because it's almost like you're just, getting off that horse and you're celebrating because you just had a great ride, no matter what it was. And you were happy with what you're doing. So I think that's, I think it's, it's evident in what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I figure like when that wreck happened, I realized how short life can be, you know, I've watched my life flash before my eyes and I thought, you know, life's too short to not, um, to not have fun, you know right. what I mean? And life's too short to, you know, uh, 
you know, the, the moments when you're feeling, you know, that life just pumping through your veins and you're excited, you're scared, you're, you're full of uh, joy, you know, you're full of, um, you're full of all these different emotions and it's all good. Right. You know, uh, in native culture, we call that good medicine, <laughs> you know, and <clears throat> in a way, uh, this is the way somebody explained it to me and I agree with them is you got to let them spirits know how you're feeling. So usually, uh, native when they're feeling all, uh, wound up and, um, they're feeling all that good medicine, the war hoop, uh-huh. let out a war cry. You know what I mean? That just, right. Just let the universe know that, you know, like, thank you. And you're feeling good, you know? Yep. And uh, when you do that, it, it excites everybody around you and everybody else starts, you know, feeling it. And it's, it's like, a, it's like a positive virus. It just spreads. Right. <laughs> it's like a good, it's a good COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One that makes you feel better, right? Yeah, it's like, because everybody, I feel like everybody packs stuff with them that, that doesn't even belong to them. Right. You know, stuff that happened years ago or something somebody might have done and, or something they might have did and they're feeling guilty about it. But, uh, you know, I figure creator knew we were all going to screw up before he even made us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's and pretty you're ev- feeling that, what's that? It's pretty evident in the Bible that he realized that we were going to screw up because he had to rewrite some things to make it make it work out in our behalf. <laughs> yeah, so like when you're feeling that, you know, that good medicine, things like that, and you uh, like like me, like after if I if I make a good ride and I I do and I do my uh, my Indian dance afterwards, um, you know, it's because um. I'm feeling good and there's a lot of good medicine there. And it's just yeah. something that makes me happy. And when I, I notice when I do it, the people that are watching, they, they, it's like they're packing luggage. And when I do that, they set their luggage down. Yeah. Even and if it, it's just for a minute. Yeah. It's contagious for sure. Yeah. So, so, if people want to buy your merch, if they want to follow you, if they want to find you, where's the best place? Where are you most active on? Um, kind of tell us where your social media is and stuff like that. And Okay. Um, my, I got a page on Facebook. It's called uh, Dancing Dougie Hall. And then my TikTok is just Dougie Hall, all one word, I'm pretty sure. And my Instagram is Dougie Fresh Hall, all one word. And I got a YouTube that's, um, I think it's called Dancing with Dougie Hall is what I call that. I'm pretty, yeah, that's what it's called. It's Dancing with Dougie Hall. And I think those are the only social medias I got. I remember I got a Twitter, but I don't really get on it. Yeah, it's kind of, I'm, I'm the same way with that. It's not one of the ones that I use a lot. And you have merch yeah. links in the bio for all that to get your hats and your shirts and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I got uh, the link is in my bio. And um, you, if you look at my video, sometimes I'll put it in like the, um, the uh, what do you call it? the caption of my videos. Uh-huh. And it's um, Dougie-Hall.MyShopify.com. 
Okay. And I'm going to make sure that I put this in the show notes when I do on the regular podcast too, so people can find you and get your stuff. Um, so we have one last question that I always ask. The show is called Shaping Success, and I think I kind of briefly told you that, but I think that success is different for everyone. I think that, you know, what I deem success is different than what you deem success and in your definition, how would you define success for yourself at the end of the day? I think it's just being better than that person you were yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I noticed that the times when I screw up, I'm reading a book right now called with winning in mind. It's by, um, Lanny Basham, I think is how you say it. Uh huh. But anyway, um, he said some things in there that really resonated with me. And, uh, I noticed that whenever I was the most successful, is when I was focusing on performing my best. I wasn't focused on winning. I wasn't focused on a buckle. I wasn't focused on, um, you know, 10 years down the road or 10 years behind me. I was focused on right here, right now, the process. You know, um, I was focused on having fun and putting out my best effort, you know. And uh, in fact, the... Uh, the year that I made the college national finals in the saddle bronc ride. And I, uh, I never once looked at the points. I never once looked at the standings. I never once looked at money one. And um, I remember before I was getting on my horse in the big sky regional finals, um, it was the short round. And um, I was just getting ready to get on my bronc. And one of my buddies walked up behind me and he said, Go punch your ticket. And I looked at him and I thought, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, like, what the hell are you talking about? And um, anyway, I just, I just went out there and I did my thing. I just went out there. I had fun. I put out the best effort that I could put out. I just performed my best and I had fun. And um, that horse bucked me off, like, right after the whistle. And I remember I stood up and the announcer said, he just did it. He just punched his ticket to the college national finals rodeo. And I just started crying because I didn't even know that I was in, you know, contention the, in contention for that. I didn't, I didn't pay attention. Everybody else did. But, um, one of the, my heroes in bronc riding too, his name's Billy Etbauer. To me, Billy Etbauer's if not the greatest, one of the greatest bronc riders that have ever, ever lived. And um, I was listening to one of his interviews on YouTube and he said, uh, he said, I don't look at the points and I don't talk about the points and I don't talk to anybody that talks to me about the points. And I think that's the best way to be because at the end of the day, you know, you still got to do what you got to do no matter right. what, you know, any of that says, you know, a horse can't read a resume. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. And I think that's great. I think that, you know, thinking about that, I've, I've read a lot of books and it seems like they're always, they always go back to sports books. But the fact of the matter is, is that the score does take care of itself. If you do everything that you possibly can to be the best that you can in the end, you have nothing to feel bad about. You win or you lose, yeah. but you gave it everything you had. Yeah. So for sure. 
Well, Dougie, it's been great having you on here and I look forward to watching you in the future. I hope that, you know, at some point you might be in a, might be in a rodeo near me at some point and I'll see you ride. Um, it'd be super cool to see that happen. Yeah, for sure. I go down in your area a few times here and there. Yep. There's, I know that there's like the snake river stampedes, the big one, but then there's also the Caldwell night rodeo. And I think there's one more, but, um, yeah, let me know. It'd be great to, great to see you. That's that saddle bronca. It's, it's not, are you saddle bronc or is it, um, bareback? Yeah. Which I one? Saddle, saddle bronc. Okay. So anyway, either way, they're both crazy. Like I, <laughs> I don't know how you stay on that horse. Those things that's wild, <laughs> but it's a, you got to do it. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a art. So I look forward to, uh, seeing that happen, but thank you for taking the time to hang out with me today. I know you probably got a lot going on and I, I really appreciate you sharing your story with my, with my audience. You bet. Thank you. I appreciate you, Wes. Yep. All right. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of shaping success until next time. I challenge you to do just that and find it, find the shape of your success. Have a great day.